Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We were uh, arch enemies on the floor of Queens Park, but uh, you were just another guy with a different set of political views than I. And we talked about things. And and at the time, um, it, it was quite a few years ago, so probably uh, six seven years ago. Yeah. And you said, um, "I think you guys have a reasonable chance of forming government in the not too distant future." You were referring to the PCs. Um, the, I didn't run in the next election, as it turned out, and uh, and the leader of that time uh, didn't succeed in in getting it across. And uh, your party went back into office. But the point was that you were saying that all things have a time and a season and that the liberals had been in power for a long time. I think obviously Ontario agreed with you last year and, and here we are. And so that that creates a new situation for you as well as for everybody else. You were defeated. You wound up, yes, you wound up uh, being a private citizen. You've done some teaching at York University. And uh, now you're looking at uh, a re-enervated or re-energized liberal party that you would lead. Um, you've made a couple of statements about uh, things that have to happen. Let me talk about generalities first. You need money because the party is not a party as constituted under the rules of the House. It's just five people sitting there. It was seven, but two have left. How do you raise money so that you can actually run a leadership race? So, um, first of all, I would say, again, it is really great to see you, and thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I do remember the dinner. We had a great conversation. We weren't just sparring partners in the legislature. We were also neighbors, me representing Vaughn, you representing Thornhill, uh, which was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, look, there's no doubt the Ontario Liberal Party has a pretty significant challenge ahead of itself. Uh, over the next number of weeks and months. We have an AGM coming up in a few weeks, and last I've seen or been Annual general meeting, folks. Sorry, yes, no jargon here. Uh, An annual general meeting, an annual convention for the party. We're, I think, last I'd heard, we're we're looking at close to 1,000 attendees for that particular gathering of the party, which is great news and a really great sign. Um, I think that we do have a lot of work ahead of us, including fundraising, finding talented candidates that reflect Ontario's diversity, and developing compelling policies to put in front of the people of Ontario. All a lot of tough work that's ahead of us. But Liberals have rebuilt before, both provincially and federally. Uh, I think we we do need to spend a lot of time being both respectful of the verdict Ontarians delivered last June, which is really important, and listening to Ontarians about what they felt we did really well over 15 years uh, and where they think that we need to learn to do better. And that's part of the renewal process that we're going through right now. Well, I, I think I, w- I would have to be the first to admit that uh, regardless of the fact that, uh, I'll be honest, you took a thrashing last year, there are a lot of people in Ontario who number themselves as liberals and uh, would like to see some kind of renewal. And, and you have nothing but time ahead of you, uh, three years now before the next election. And uh, if you're successful, that's one thing. And if you're not, you got seven. But uh, in either event, that's a long time to... to uh, do the rebuilding process and to take advantage of the fact that you do have a user base that uh, I guess in some degree is prepared to pay. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, we got um, over a million votes last June during a tough election campaign. And I think we do have to remember that Ontarians, generally speaking, regardless of who is in power, which party, which particular premier are for the most part, a pragmatic middle of the road 
um, people or a group of people who want to make sure that their government is getting the big things right. Healthcare, education, the economy, environmental protections, and a few other critical areas where they expect their government to focus. So we do have a lot of work ahead of us, but I'm optimistic about what we can expect to go through through the next number of weeks and months. I will say, though, and I believe liberals know this, it's certainly been the case both provincially and federally in the past, there is no shortcut to success. There's no easy way to get from where we are today to being, uh, you know, entrusted once again with the uh, with the opportunity to be in power. Uh, we have to do the hard work. We have to do the heavy lifting. We have to listen, and we have to stay focused ultimately on the goal for liberals, which is to defeat Doug Ford in 2022, and we believe get the uh, get the province back on track. How are you going to differentiate yourself from what is now the official opposition, which is also a so-called progressive party, as as is yours, uh, the NDP, with a significant number of seats? I think it's uh, north of 40, close to 50. Well, I think that that boils down to the ideas that we're putting out there, the ideas that we're putting in front of the people of Ontario as we head in to an election campaign. I talked a little bit about some of those today from my perspective in transit and transportation, which I think we're, we're going to talk into about in a minute, second. Yeah. But I think it's about those ideas that we put in front of Ontarians so that they understand we have to balance being pragmatic, responsible, middle of the road, making sure we're fiscally responsible. We respect people's hard-earned money. That's really critically important for me. Uh, but at the same time, delivering progress on the things that matter most to them and their families. Okay. Let's let's dovetail into what you were talking about. You made your announcement today, and uh, you focused largely, not surprisingly, on the fact that uh, you know transportation, whether people agree with what you did or not, uh, regardless of that. You served in that portfolio for quite a long time, and you said uh, one of the things you do, particularly for Torontonians, where liberals have, uh, I have to say it, a base, uh, is you would upload responsibility for the Gardner Expressway and the Don Valley Parkway. I have a feeling that right now, and beyond that, you deal with the TTC, you can talk about that and go fares. Um, I, I think you'd probably have a friend in John Tory who calls himself a progressive conservative um, in, in making that kind of an offer these days. So the first thing, and this is really important for me to point out, uh, I do believe there is a need for an urgent discussion between the provincial government and municipalities like Toronto, but all municipalities across Ontario about strategically important highways, roads, and bridges that are currently owned and operated and maintained by municipalities. In the case of Toronto, like a gardener and a DVP, we have to take a look at whether or not it does make more sense to have those moved to the province by way of ownership and, and maintenance You mean kind of like subways were uploaded or, or are being uploaded by Doug Ford? Well, I think the critical difference here, though, is I take your point, but I think the critical difference is here. I'm talking about a partnership and a discussion, not dictating from on high and demanding that something necessarily take place. I think you're probably right. I do think the city of Toronto, under Mayor Tory's leadership, and he's doing a great job, I think they would be open to a conversation around whether or not this should take place. But there are municipalities across the province that I have no doubt would say, you know what, this bridge used to be the province's 25, 30 years ago. It was downloaded to us. We're okay with keeping it. And if I become premier in 2022, I'll be okay with that municipality making that decision. I want a real partnership, a genuine partnership. I think that's what Ontarians expect of their leaders, that they will work together. For well, I, th I think this is a good piece of the conversation at this point in time because there's kind of a, a pitched battle going on between the city of Toronto, particularly the city of Toronto, uh, but not only the city of Toronto and uh, Queen's Park. And I don't think that's so abnormal. We've heard that kind of thing for years. But the point is, you're right. I remember, uh, and you would know about this, uh, being vice chair of public accounts, and we studied uh, bridges and roads and, and so forth. I think there's something like 80-plus thousand bridges and culverts, culverts uh, across the province of Ontario, and 
Towns and cities have responsibility for those and oftentimes can't even afford to do the maintenance, which makes them unsafe. And it's, Yeah, because they have to pay for them from their property tax base. We also have a lot of rural, small town, remote communities that have shrinking property tax bases because of the shifting populations and the aging populations that we see. So I think the conversation is long overdue. If I become premier in 2022, it's something that I'd want to take a look at. And I wanted to put these ideas out today because I think it's important to let Ontarians know what I'm offering as someone who's putting or will put himself forward to seek the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party. You also mentioned, and this is another transportation piece, but it dovetails into uh, some of the things that Doug Ford is doing these days, uh, that you would introduce half-price TTC, half-price GO Transit in off-peak hours. Yeah, so GO, TTC, and every other transit system across the province of Ontario. We have about 107 municipalities in Ontario that run some version of a public transit system. Uh, Some of them are very complex and large, like the TTC or OC Transpo in Ottawa, and some are small and emerging. I believe that there's a really important opportunity for the provincial government to lead, both by way of an investment and also by way of bringing on the kind of technology that would be required to deliver so that people actually have more choices given that steep discount of 50% off. I mean, half price to hop on a streetcar on Queen Street, perhaps a little bit later, half an hour, 40 minutes later than you ordinarily would. It means that we're going to be driving up off-peak ridership, bringing new people and new revenue to systems. It also means, in particular in the GTA and in places like Ottawa, where we see very peaky commuter patterns, uh, where we have a very significant overburdening of the system here in the GTA during that rush hour in the morning and the rush hour in the afternoon, if people have the flexibility to go a little bit later, go a little bit earlier, it actually means that unsafe situation we have at Union Station or at Young and Bloor will actually be alleviated because people will take advantage of the discount, go a little bit later, go a little bit earlier, which means that while we're waiting for infrastructure relief, whether it's the Ontario line or it's the some other version of relief, which will take 8, 9, 10, 12 years to deliver, we can actually give commuters short-term commuting and pocketbook relief right away. Okay, Stephen Del Duca, it's all the time we have, but it's going to be an interesting time for you the next couple of years because we're going to watch undoubtedly a rebirth of uh, a revamped Liberal Party, and I know it's your aspiration to lead it. You'll have some people come up against you. We don't know who they are yet, but uh, I wish you well. Thanks so much, Peter. I'm looking forward to the journey. All right, Stephen Del Duca joining us as the first hat in the ring for the Liberal leadership of the province of Ontario. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.